Well, I got something exciting for you guys. I've been waiting for this for, for two years, a little over two years, but this morning it happened. Praise the Lord. Keep asking, keep seeking, keep knocking. It'll happen, right? So, we got a special speaker today. Yeah. Amen. Like, who is it? Who is it? Who is it? Who is it? But here comes Ashley. Come on. We'll pray for you first. Father, we love you so much, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that you are who you are, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for Ashley, Lord, and, and the stuff that you've shown her, Lord. Lord, in the last, last two and a half years, Lord, as she's confessed out of her own mouth, Lord, she could write a book on it and it wouldn't hold it all, Lord. Lord, as you speak to her, Lord, as you anoint her lips, Lord, that it comes out exactly, Lord, as you would have it to, Lord, that you have your way with us. In Jesus' name, amen. So as Dan mentioned, he's been asking me for a while to talk, and it's not comfortable for me, and you guys are going to have to give me a lot of grace because it doesn't always come out how I think it comes out in my head. Um, but I guess a couple nights ago, Dan had said, like, what happened in the water? And um, I was like, oh, yeah, it was, it was good and everything. And several people asked, you know, like, tell me what happened in the water. And this weekend, after Friday night, after I had gotten in the water, I haven't been able to sleep. I haven't been able to stop writing. I drove around yesterday trying to find people to talk to about Jesus because it's just on me, on me, on me. And he's just been pouring and pouring and pouring more and more into me. But I'm better on a one-on-one -on -one basis. I'm better just talking to somebody one-on-one. -on -one. And so last night I was laying there and I was trying to go to sleep. It was about 11.30 and God laid on my heart judges. And I was like, well, why am I gonna read judges? You know, I don't, I, I, I don't know what that applies to and everything. So he took me to Judges 6 and I was reading through it and it talks about Gideon there. One of the things that I've told Dan and Sarah before is like, you know, I'm praying about something, but I don't want to share anything because I'm waiting for a sign. I'm waiting for a sign. I put out my fleece. I'm waiting for a sign. I'm always waiting for a sign. Seems like I wait for signs more than anything else. So I'm reading about Gideon there, you know, and, and he met with the angel of the Lord and, and he, he had been given a command to go and, and uh, face the Amalekites. And um, he's all like, well, if you're really who you say you are, basically, um, show me a sign. So he goes and he cooks some food and he brings it out and the angel of the Lord touches the food and it goes up in a fire and he's like, okay, you're who you say you are. So he got his sign, but still whenever he went into battle, he asked, well, I'm going to put this fleece out and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lay it on the ground and if it's covered with dew in the morning and the ground's all dry, then, then I'll know I'm supposed to go forward. And so he does that and it happens and and he's all like, okay, I got my sign, but j just let me ask one more time for one more sign. It says, this time, do it in the reverse, you know. I want, want the ground to be wet, but nothing to be on the fleece. And so it happens, and so he, he goes into battle. And whenever he goes into battle, he has 32,000 men that he takes with him. And I'm going somewhere with this, I promise. But he's facing a huge army, over 100,000 men. I think it was like 130,000. And I'm still thinking, Lord, why are you showing this to me? I, I don't get this. I know this story, and I don't know how this applies to me. So he, he takes all these men, and the Lord says, you have too many, because you have too many, they'll think they did it on their own account. They'll, they'll think that it wasn't me, and, and God deserves the glory for what he puts in, into our lives and allows us to do. It all goes to him, not to us, and we have to remember to stay humble. And so he says, basically, ask all the men, anybody who's scared, fearful, go ahead and, and, and let, them, let them go. 22,000 men left. That left him with 10,000 men. And he's facing over 100,000 men. Probably didn't make a lot of sense to Gideon at that point in time. But God's ways are not our ways. And his ways are better than our ways. And we have to remember that when we're going through things, we may not see the end result. We just have to trust in Jesus. And we have to follow what he's told us to do. And that's where I get tripped up a lot. 
because I like to plan things and I like to jump ahead of God. And I like to say, well, I can figure this out. But God's been teaching me to wait in his timing. Gideon goes on and God says, still too many people. 10,000 is too many. They'll still take the glory for themselves. So I want them to go down to the water. And I, when they drink, any of them that cup up the water and lap it up out of their hands, those men can stay. But anybody who kneels down, they need to go. And so they do that. 9,700 of them knelt down. 9,700. That left him with 300 soldiers to go into battle with. And if you think about it, when you kneel down to get water out of a creek, you're laying down your shield. You're laying down your sword. You know, you've got to bend over. You've got to put your hands down. They weren't ready for battle. They, put, they let their guard down. But those who were standing, who scooped the water up and lapped it up, they could still hold their shield or their sword in one hand and easily grab that other thing. So their eyes were up. Their eyes weren't down. And I was like, oh, I'm, start, I'm starting to understand where you're going with this, God. We have to be prepared all the time. And it doesn't matter about the quantity of people that are in this building. It matters about the quality of where your heart is with God and who you're following. You see, two years ago, I, I, two and a half years ago probably, I started coming up here because my mom wanted me to come up here. And I can't tell you about what happened to me Friday night without telling you what happened to me two years ago. So this is something that I haven't talked a lot about. In fact, only one person's tried to tell me what happened in their words, and I told them I didn't want to know. And that's because I didn't want to know until this Friday. But two years ago, I started coming up here because my mom wanted me to come, and I wanted to please her, and, and I wanted her to be happy with me. And so I said, okay, I'll go. And I had been running from God for several years, bouncing in and out of churches because when it got too deep, I didn't want to be there anymore. You know, like I didn't want to go that deep. I just wanted to say I attended church because it was the right thing to do. And so I come up here and I feel it. I feel what I felt a long time ago when we were at a different church here. And I'm like, Lord's moving here. And that scared me because I knew it was going to get real. And I knew he was going to get in the inside and he was going to rid out all the bad stuff. So every single Sunday, every Wednesday or whenever we were up here or Friday, um, I come, I'd sit down, I'd sit on that side close to where I could get a straight exit out the door. And I'm sure that some of you guys have probably been the exact same way at some point in your life. I'm gonna go, but they aren't gonna touch me. I'm gonna go, but they aren't gonna work on me, okay? So I'd sit on the far end, and as soon as service is over, I'm like, let's go, let's get out of here, because I see Sarah coming. I see her, I see her looking at me in service, or I see, her, I see her, and I know it's coming. I know the Lord's showing her something about me, and that made me uncomfortable. So I went through that for about six months, and finally, I just broke. I was like, you know what? I'm going to have to get in that water. And it was a pride thing. You have to be very humble to say, I'm going to get in water in front of somebody. I'm going to go change my clothes. It's going to take effort. It's not just, okay, I'm going to bow my head and pray right in my seat. But I'm going to make an effort. I'm going to go get changed. I'm going to walk up in front of everybody. And I'm going to get in that water. And I don't know what's going to happen. See, that was my big problem. I had a spirit of control, and it had consumed me for a very, very long time where everything in my life had to be just so or it set me on a tailspin. Everything had to be planned, and I'm pretty sure I'd had it for a very long time. My parents would tell you that when we used to go to Silver Dollar City whenever I was 12 years old, the night before, I'd be planning every ride, what time we were going to ride it, and if we didn't do that, that was a mess. So that carried on to me with adulthood, and that can cause a lot of problems in your relationships with your family. It can cause a lot of problems in your work environment. It can cause a lot of problems in your walk with God because you don't let his ways lead you. So I was always trying to, to figure God out. I was always trying to be in here, not in here. And so I go up and I get in that water, and boy, did it happen. 
it happened in a big way. I asked Sarah here recently about it, just one question, and she said that was the first time that they realized that we had to get serious about things in this church because I had a manifestation. And I thank God every single day that even though everybody may not have known what exactly was going on, they didn't give up on me. They didn't just stop and say, whoa, what's going on? They fought, and they fought hard. I know I was wore out the next day. I was so tired, but I got released that night in that pool. And it took me stepping forward, and it changed my entire life. I went from being someone who was so just oppressed with feeling like the world was so heavy all the time and I felt like I wasn't loved and I felt like I could never do enough to please somebody to feeling like something left in that water and I didn't fully understand it I didn't ask for all the details I know we were there a long time <laughs> somebody else can tell you that part but I was there a long time and it was a battle and it was because of just like in in the story of where the lame man gets lowered through the through the roof down to Jesus because I had friends and people who really cared about me enough to stand in the gap and to pray over me and to pray until it was gone and that's where we need to be we have so many people that are lost and they're suffering or they're hiding it or they're sitting in a church pew every single Sunday but they don't they don't have freedom and we let them sit there and we let the status quo go on when we need to be being there for those people and we need to be prayed up and we need to be where we need to be with God so that we are prepared to handle that it's it, we're, we're past the point of playing church so I say all that to say that's when it started but one thing that didn't happen immediately after that and this is something that I think a lot of people get in that water I got immediate freedom I knew something was gone but I didn't get my feeling after that okay and so things were better but it, it wasn't just oh I got out of the water and got free from that and everything was perfect in my life going forward I had to stay in my word I had to stay in prayer I had to keep pushing through. It's not like I just got out of the water and everything just went poof, you're, you're going to have a happy life and you don't have to work hard at anything. In fact, it probably got harder. Not in the same way, but it got harder because I had to dedicate more of my time to Christ. I had to get into my word more. I had to say, I'm not just going to church. I'm going to go have church. We're going to be a church body and I'm going to be a part of this body. And it's been a struggle. It's been, a, it's been something very slow. Like Dan said, it's been two years. I'm kind of a slow learner, I guess. Um, but so a few times since then I've, I've come up and I've stepped into the water and had healing I had my back healed from a car accident that I had but Friday night whenever Chris was preaching and then Sue came up and she asked if we were all in and I realized I've been mostly in I've been mostly in anytime something needs to be done okay y'all I'll try to get there but my work life came first or well, I'm doing something with my family, or whatever it may be. It wasn't me listening to what the Lord had to say. It was me still kind of planning things out. And when she said that, I realized I was probably three-quarters of the way in, but I wasn't all in. And the difference is now, this church will not grow and minister to the people in this area just based solely on Dan and Sarah being all in. It's going to take an army. And just like in the story of Gideon, it doesn't take numbers. It takes quality. It takes people who are dedicated. So we need to find those 300, and we need to rock this entire area for Christ. But that, that's going to take all of us getting all in. So if you're not all in today, today that can change. So I get in the water Friday night, and I come up here, and I'm just kind of, I don't even know. I, I normally like to stay kind of in the background and support and everything, but I was like, I'm getting up there because I need to be by that because that's where I need to be right now. Like, I knew I needed to be there. 
and several people went through and I'm thinking we need to get all these people who are visitors through and everything you know first and everything and then Stacy comes over and goes you want to get in next and I'm like yeah okay yeah I'll do that and Jeff was up here and uh I just walked up and, and I just got in. Like, I just got in real fast. I was ready for it. And um, I don't even think that Jeff had to put his hand on me to push me under. I just went in myself because I was ready. I was all in. I don't need somebody to tell me I'm all in because I know I'm all in and I'm up here for a reason and I'm going to get filled. And I come up out of that water and I had somebody tell me this part because I was spending some time with Jesus. But I know that what I experienced in that water, I told Jesus. I met Jesus face to face. I told him whatever it takes. I don't care what it is. I don't have to understand the entire plan going forward. Whatever he wants me to do, I will do. And God don't have the same timing as me that takes two years to do something. Because in that water, in his presence, him meeting me there was the most freedom and the most feeling I have ever gotten. And that's what I didn't get two years ago. I hadn't been filled up, but I got filled up Friday night. I got completely filled up and it's overflowing and I can't contain it anymore. It's to the point that I'm not sleeping and I've got to write and he's giving me words of knowledge and he's given me things that I've always written in my journal and I've always had things that he's given me, but it's like too much now. It's like he's saying, I'm going to give it to you till you, you put it out. And so last night I was sitting there thinking, I was reading through the story. I was like, oh, God wants me to say something. He wants me to tell my story. And I was like, oh, that's kind of scary. But I just told him I'm all in. So what do I do with that? I'm like, okay, well, okay, I, I know you're telling me about Gideon, but I need a sign. I, need, I, I still need my sign, okay? I'm all in and I'll do it, but you're going to have to give me a sign. And God works really funny because he's all like, oh, I'll give you a sign. I'll give you a sign, all right. So yesterday I was up here working on music and Dan comes in just real briefly and he goes, hey, that was really good Friday night and everything. I was like, yeah, it was good. It was amazing and everything. And I'm trying to stay focused on working because my mind's going crazy because I just want to get all this stuff I got about Jesus out, but I'm trying to get the music done. And he says, okay, good, so you can talk tomorrow. And I was like, oh, my friend's broken. And so that was the first time. And then I come in this morning and Dan's telling me, he's like, yeah, we were out pretty late last night. We we're really tired. And I started thinking, you know what? Why does everything have to fall on them? Why does he have to feel like I got Sunday morning coming I got a congregation full of people, but I still have to get up here and preach. He shouldn't feel that way because we should all have something to say about God. We should all have something to share with the people here and to encourage them. It shouldn't all fall on them. So I thought, well, okay, I think, I think maybe that's a little bit of a sign. Maybe I, maybe I should say something. I don't know. And then I'm over there and, and uh, Dan says something directly about it. He's all, I, 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 said, I came up and told him, I said, you know, I was looking back this morning at all the videos of, that we have taken over the last couple years of people who've gotten in that pool. And it's amazing, and I think we forget about it. I think we forget about all the miracles that have happened in that pool. I was watching one video, and I saw Johnny sitting in the pool, and he's asking for a prayer on his left shoulder. And I remember how bad his shoulder was. So I ran out of my room, and I ran in there, and I was like, hey, Johnny, put your hands up like this. And so he does, I was like, you know a year and two weeks ago, you asked for healing of that, and it's happened now, but we forget about that. We do. We forget. We forget about all the miracles that have happened there and happened right here and happened right out there at that altar. So why do we forget about it? Why do we always need something major to happen to remind us that God's there? Why do we need bad things to happen in order for us to get right with God and to get on our face before him? Why is it then that we call out to him? So I'm watching the rest of these videos and everything, and I'm like, okay, yeah. So I come up here this morning, and I tell Dan, you know, I was watching these videos, and, and we've forgotten about all these things. He's like, oh, yeah, you should share that this morning, right? And I was all like, maybe. 
maybe. So I'm worse than Gideon. That's like the fourth sign, but I'm like, I don't know if I want to get up there and share anything. So I go back there to prayer time. And if you guys aren't coming to prayer, I haven't been the most dedicated with it, but I can tell you whenever I do come up here for prayer prior to service, my life changes. It takes me deeper with God because it's an effort. You know, a lot of times I don't get off work and and it's immediately coming up here. Chris said the other night something about, um, he knows what it's like to put all your time into your church family and everything and drive to, to church services while you've got a plate of food on your lap. We did that on Friday night. Literally, Johnny had a bowl of chili in the truck that we were, when we got back out there because it's sometimes a rush, but it should be a priority. I don't know. If you, if you knew that tomorrow was the last day you get to witness to somebody, would you live today differently? Would you put all of your effort into that? And I think most of us would, but why does it take something like that to get us to put that focus there? So anyways, I'm sitting back there and I'm praying this morning and I'm not a big crier and the tears just start coming. But it's tears of like just feeling for other people and feeling guilty for holding something in that I know that other people have gone through. That there are people who have spirits of control. People who have things that hold them back constantly and they need freedom from it and they can't move forward because nobody's telling them about it. Nobody's doing anything for them. Nobody's stepping forward and saying, hey, I'll be that Sarah that chases you down at church as much as it makes you feel awkward. So, so I'm, I'm crying back there and everything and, and I'm like, okay, God, maybe just one more, one more sign <laughs> that I'm supposed to say something like, I may get up there and forget everything I'm going to say. So maybe, maybe just one more. And literally at that moment, Dan stands up walks around right by me and I'm like hey Dan I, I want to talk this morning <laughs> and so that's all that it took you know that that was where it was at but but obedience I know that being obedient I may not say everything perfectly I, I, I'm by no means this great amazing teacher or anything but I do know I have life experience and I do know that I met with Jesus and I know that he's changed my life and I know that he can change every person in here's life and he can take you from glory to glory to glory you're never finished and you should never stop pressing in ever. So I know that God has plans for me. I'm hoping that those plans include me being here more and being in ministry more and meeting with people and everything, but I've got to wait on his timing and I have to be settled in that. So I would just encourage everybody today that if you have not been in that water, if you have not been up here on your face, whatever it is, it's not too late. He has more for you. And once you get more, it's going to explode. So that's all I have to share.